0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off.
1: LinkedIn presents.
0: Let's think about Vladimir Putin. Do you regard some of his recent behavior as morally reprehensible? Do you hold him morally responsible for that behavior? If so, you believe in free will.
1: Hello, welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnat, and I'd like you to do something for me. Think of a movie, any movie. Got one? Okay, now here's my question. Out of all the possible movies you're familiar with, did you choose the movie that came to mind or did it come to mind, that is, Was it the result of a complex process of associations, memories, biochemical reactions, and other factors beyond your control? Do you truly have free will? Or is that an illusion? While the truth of the matter is that all of your choices result from a chain of physical causes stretching deep into the past, and you really can't choose anything other than what those causes dictate. It's a troubling question for many of us, but it doesn't have to be a daunting one. Last week, we heard from neuroscientist Robert Sapolsky, who firmly believes we don't have free will. But in his new book, Free Will, an Opinionated Guide, the philosopher Alfred Mealy says it's a bit more complicated than that. Here's Alfred to share his big ideas.
0: Philosophers divide into two broad camps on free will. There are those who claim that free will, and what we call determinism, can coexist, and those who reject this claim. Both sides are deeply entrenched. Despite having written several books and numerous articles on free will, I have never chosen a side in this particular debate. Instead, I have developed one theory of free will for those on one side of the divide, and another theory of free will for those on the other side. I also have argued that it is more credible that we have free will, of one kind or the other, than that free will is an illusion. A book bite doesn't give me enough space to explain how this works, but I do explain it in the book. By the way, I'm not saying that you shouldn't choose a side, but I can say that I have found staying above this particular fray liberating. Moral responsibility brings free will down to earth, where it belongs. Like many philosophers, I believe that free will is closely tied to moral responsibility. That is, to deserving blame or credit, from a moral point of view, for things we do. As I understand free will, if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be morally responsible for anything. Now, let's think about Vladimir Putin, who doesn't show up in the book, by the way. Do you regard some of his recent behavior as morally reprehensible? Do you hold him morally responsible for that behavior? For example, for authorizing vicious attacks on Ukrainian citizens. If so, you believe in free will, as I understand free will. After all, if Putin didn't authorize those attacks of his own free will, how could he deserve moral blame for doing so? And if eventually he is punished for his behavior, how could he deserve the punishment? Linking free will to moral responsibility can discourage inquiring minds from accepting extravagant ideas about what free will is supposed to be. Neuroscientific arguments that free will is an illusion aren't all they are cracked up to be. Various experiments performed by neuroscientists are often cited as proof that free will is an illusion. The research on this topic is ongoing, as is reporting on it in the popular press, where one finds such headlines as the following, Why Scientists Believe That Free Will Is An Illusion, and There is no such thing as free will. There is some evidence that lowering people's confidence in the existence of free will increases misbehavior, and some people find the alleged news that free will doesn't exist depressing. I continue to get email messages about this from people who are deeply troubled by the thought that they don't have free will. Here is the first such message I received. I quoted it in the preface of a 2009 book of mine. Dear Dr. Mealy, I recently purchased a DVD by Dr. Stephen Walensky. He explains, from the point of view of neuroscience, that there is no such thing as free will, as we can only perceive an action after it has already occurred. Can you please help me with this? I can understand that I don't know what thought will occur next, but that that has already happened is beyond comprehension. Thank you, as I am in a lot of despair. Well, the good news, for this person and for others, is that the data produced by these experiments don't support the conclusion that free will is an illusion. In my new book, I again explain why, taking into account, experiments conducted after that 2009 book of mine was published and I explain this primarily on scientific grounds, in a way that is easy to understand. No fancy philosophical footwork is involved. Well, thanks for listening. If you choose to read my new book, I'm pretty sure you'll make that choice of your own free will.
1: Thanks, Alfred. Well, I don't know if we've settled the debate over free will. If you want to chew on the topic some more, we have some smart people hashing it out on our app, including Robert Sapolsky sharing ideas from his book, Determined, A Science of Life Without Free Will. Check that out by going to your app store and downloading the Next Big Idea app. Tomorrow, I'll be back in your podcast feed to share ideas from The Myth That Made Us, How False Beliefs About Racism and Meritocracy Broke Our Economy and How to Fix It by Jeff Fuhrer. See you then.